0: To the sober experiment podcast by be sober i'm lisa and i'm alex if you're new to our podcast lisa and i have been best friends since high school
1: and after many years of getting drunk together we decided to experiment with being sober together
0: you can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one So we started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle. We wanted to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have fun without alcohol. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink deserves to feel normal. Hello. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I am. I'm
1: sorry. I'm racing ahead, right? My mind is racing faster than my mouth is working. Please, <sighs> Lisa, will you share what you have bought? <laughs> she's about to take a drink out of a cup of tea, right? And now she's looking at me to say, "What? What did I buy? What have I bought?" I don't know which bit you mean. This, bit this you've is got on
0: Right now, that you've been showing me. Oh my gosh. So I I'm showing you again, even though people who are listening can't see this. It won't look I like just, that in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I've just bought myself, treat myself to some brand spanking new jazzy walking boots. They are lovely. They are beautiful. I lot. they cost me a fortune. Like it was so ridiculous. And then I oh. remembered why I had that money in my savings pot and it wasn't for walking boots. So now I've got to resave thing is right about this.
1: You don't drink, you're entitled to spend a fortune on walking boots.
0: And I walk a lot, so it's good to have good boots, isn't it? Yeah. You're gonna These use them, boots, aren't you? are the ones that um Reese with a Spoon wore in the film Wild? Them exact ones, have they been on her feet? <laughs> they better not have been. I <laughs> want a discount if they have. <laughs> Don't want anyone else's sweaty feet. No, not they. even Reese's. <laughs> I've never
1: thought about her name as being Reese. What do you mean? Like she's like,
0: Reese with a Reese, Reese, Reese spoon, isn't she? She's not a lovely. I think she's, honestly, I really like her. The film Wild, right? This is really bad because I've not even watched (laughs) it. (laughs) Somebody, this is right, how obsessive my personality is, or I don't even know whether obsessive is the right word. I don't think we can speak today, Lisa. There's something really bad about us today. I I know. It's perimenopause. I'm telling you. (laughs) That is what it is. It takes the words out of your brain. But basically, I went shopping the other week, right? And I went into the shop, and we were sharing our like. And she was into walking and skiing and stuff. And we were sharing like the kind of clothes that we like to wear when we're hiking, or what she liked when she was skiing. And then she told me about these boots, and she was like, "Oh, I really wanted these boots because we with with a spoon wore them." She says, "But I've got these other ones, so I can't warrant buying new ones." So off I go on right and start googling the boots that we <laughs> with a <the> spoon wore. <laughs> So, they're well nice I've absolutely loved them but I feel like a fraud because I've not actually watched the film Wild <laughs> I've just googled it from this woman telling me and now they're here, they're on my bloody feet but well, um, is it a good film though, do you believe? it's or? meant to be really good and apparently we should have watched it right? but I know why I've not watched it so it's well, about a woman and well, I don't actually know what it's about, but she, <laughs> she goes into the wild. She goes walking. Like, I think she's got, like, trauma and she's been drinking too much. So it involves everything that we kind of, like... Talk is she going about through all the all menopause? The <laughs> well, probably, no, not not at this point, I don't think. But off she goes walking very far to try and get over her life, I think. I don't know, people listening who've watched it will be like that. People be like, it's not shit. even about that, Lisa. Shut up. It's not about no, that. No, but it is... But I know I have not watched it because it looks really depressing. But oh. boots and mint. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you've gained something from her Hollywood
1: appearance. <laughs> Thanks, Reese. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh dear. Um, oh speaking of purchases, one of our members messaged me today to tell me they've bought a brand new pop-up tent. And speaking of wild. 40 quid in decathlon for for the Be Wild event. Get to decathlon if you're coming to Be
0: Wild. I love decathlon, me. I I know we shouldn't be doing ads for places, but um, I do like it. I love going. The first time me and Rob went there together, right, because... Like, I suppose we're just going through our lot. First, we've been together what, just nearly two years. So I remember the first time we went into decathlon and we were both so excited. How sad is that? <laughs> we were like, oh my God, look, look. That is really bad, isn't it? That we didn't know which section to go in. We were like, oh, there's an exercise one. There's a walking one. There's a camping one. I out. do like it
1: um, and I like it. So I always go in and have a little go on the pull up bar, which is sad. I know it is. You such a show off. No, <laughs> I always always go in and do a couple of pull ups. And then I always show myself up because I've got like my rings on and stuff, and I can't do any more than like one and a half.
0: Oh my gosh, even that's hard. Nah. Um, you know you used to do that when we were a kid, not the pull ups, but I always remember us going to Manchester in the music shop and you playing um oh, like really? the pianos and stuff, yeah. Did I? Yeah. Why don't I remember that? I don't know. You were right good at it, and I used to think, "Oh, I wish I could do that." Do like I've never in in like a primary school like age. Oh no, because I did. I went at primary school, but like so just in high school age. Yeah. Then so I know I play. I played a cornet at that point, but I would never ever have walked into a music shop. Like nobody in my family was that. I've you know what showy. I mean I have and it just it fascinated me that you knew where all the music shop it fascinated me that like at 12 you knew you were in Manchester to be honest it fascinates me that we were allowed to go but we were oh no do you remember that time with the when we went on that ride oh that was awful I got that weird man was taking well on pictures day.
1: Yeah, well, I got you spat are. on on that day as
0: well when we went in oh, the that
1: cir- c- circle disgusting. thing. Somebody in one of those gravity wheels spat. They didn't mean to spit on me, but they spat in it and it hit me, I was so uh, glad. Oh, 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 that's so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there was a weirdo, wasn't there, with a the camera trying to photograph us? Yeah, he took pictures of us and then he said we could go back the week after and see him. Um, and we were man. like, then we got over imaginative with what he'd do with these pictures on the way home, didn't we? Yeah, and like things like that were about them where they put heads on different bodies at all But things. we were but saying we were that. Like... They might put our heads on a different body or something. Like, why? <laughs> why would he do we that? We thought we'd see ourselves on some kind of pond <laughs> Not that we were looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, not that we were looking.
1: But yeah, I've, um, what, what I was going to tell you is, so speaking of being a bit showy, I suppose a lot of it was, you know, if you think about, The way my dad, he was singing on stage. I was always put on a stage in front of people from like three you know, with him singing in clubs and pubs and stuff like that. Yeah, so, definitely. so I was put on a stage from three years old to sing or to play the guitar or to play the organ or whatever. But a week on Friday, I'm actually doing my very first non-church performance at a concert, weirdly, through the church, but it's not a church. I was going anymore. to
0: say, what do you mean? Like,
1: why, why, you can't just go out with stuff like this? Why do I not know about this? Well, I don't know. It's kind of crept up on me. I've known for a while um they're doing a big festival at the church called follow the yellow brick road and basically they and if you want to come by the way and i know this is nothing to do with the podcast but if you're in stockport it's going to be amazing honestly they've worked so hard at it and they, they it's in bramall it's st michael's in bramall they clear out all the furniture they put like a full set in there it's been done and they have actors in there it's amazing and they're doing like um you know the what's it called somewhere over the rainbow what's it called follow the yellow brick road Wizard of Oz. Uh, <laughs> Wizard of Oz, thank you. <laughs> Brain eventually started working. See, what so, yeah, I mean? They're doing the Wizard of Oz um, and, and you walk through and you get a tour of all the different things that went on in the film. And it's it, honestly, it's going to be brilliant. And on the Friday of that week, um, it's like the week before or the week of half term, I can't remember the exact dates now, which I probably should have remembered talking about it. But anyway, they, um, they're putting on like a Fizz and Nibbles night, I've made sure I've got my alcohol-free stuff coming, by the way. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm, pl- I'm playing. I'm playing the organ at that. So I kind of thought, well, what the heck am I going to play? Because I've I've only been learning hymns Follow again. Oh, the so. yellow brick road. <laughs> I've, we, honestly, you say that and you smile, but I've actually ordered a Wizard of Oz music book and I'm yeah, going to play a couple of the songs. But I've also dug out all my old music, right? And I was trying to play it. And there were some of them, honestly, like... I've forgotten more than I knew do you know what I mean so I'm practising it all but it's really good it's coming back pretty quick
0: oh that's so good we Somewhere Over the Rainbow is that Wizard of Oz yeah it is yeah yeah
1: yeah so anyway um, yeah that's it so that's what I'm up to at the minute Um, loads of music stuff and loads of fitness stuff yay I know I'm like a one man band with weights (laughs) I actually can see that. <laughs> oh, dear. No, and the point of that was that's why I'm not scared of performing on stuff, I reckon, because
0: that's how I was brought up. Oh, yeah. You, I knew you started telling it. For yeah, some there was kind a point. Of I would just start looking at you thinking, right, now where do we go? <laughs> I saw how puzzled you
1: look when I started talking about it, but that's because we were talking about how I used to play in. Um, it was Farsight's music shop, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's it. Yeah, but I've been like that with everything as well, man. Like doing planks and
0: press ups and shit. Oh, when we were in Ireland and you had that press up competition with that boxer guy. Well he said he was a boxer, but well, I don't remember that. I must have been I must have had a few by then. (laughs) You must remember it. It was where your shoe broke. (gasps) Oh, I forgot about that. We (laughs) celebrate my heel back on, didn't we? Yeah.
1: Oh, I got in trouble because of him. Why? because there was a photograph and he grabbed me and stuck a kiss on my cheek and the photograph was him. Do you not remember? Oh, (laughs) yeah. I thought you'd put it in your secret album. (laughs) (laughs) And it honestly, it looked really bad, but it wasn't. He just literally, as the camera went, as the camera pressed, he just stuck a kiss on me and it looked like I was kissing him and I proper
0: wasn't. No, you was not. No, he was gross. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but if he wasn't... (laughs) But it did look bad. I got in trouble for it. It took me ages to worm my way out of that one. Oh God, don't! That's what I love about being sober. I don't have to worm my way out of anything anymore. Like I don't have to like wake up with that dread of, and anxiety. Of, oh, dear, and, what
1: did I do wrong? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, uh, yeah anyway, was, shall we um, introduce our next guest? Yeah, what? Like we've already had one on today. <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm so out of source, right I can't work it out like we've just been chatting and I was all right and then I swear I know I've mentioned it a few times like about menopause and perimenopause but sometimes it makes me feel like a bit of an alien right like I feel disconnected been- from myself today. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know why, I just feel like, that's it, disconnected, like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, I don't reckon anyone's going to hear this intro, I think we'll end up doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> what well, time's our next guest, John, our first guest? <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes ago, but she's only just arrived in the waiting room. Oh, is she there? I'm looking for her on mine, you see. She's just arrived, so do you want to introduce her? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... Vicky Rebecca is a psychotherapist and hypnotherapist. I actually first met Vicky through the IPHM Accreditation Board because she's one of their members. And I actually got in touch with her to see if she'd do a workshop for our b sober members. Um, She did something called the Offshore Workshop, which was absolutely amazing. Everybody loved it. And we will get her to tell you more about that a bit later. But what was really weird, when I rang Vicky, And I didn't know this at the time. I was kind of explaining about Be sober and how it works and how I'd like her to come and do this workshop for the group and then she actually told me that she herself was in recovery so you can imagine then how you know, the conversation when it was like oh my god the universe has brought us together <laughs> um so anyway I found out after that that Vicky's actually written a couple of books so her first one was the me I want to be simple shifts to authentic well-being which is right up my street she had me interested straight away so that book did really well and the feedback that she always got was how relatable, how down to earth and how doable that it actually was. So, That was not the end of Vicky's story. So before becoming a therapist, Vicky actually had a successful photographic career um, as a model in London. And then she has now written, after being told of people that she should write another book about this, she's written her autobiography and literally there's no holds barred in this autobiography. It's called The Naked Truth of a Glamour Model. Oh, I know it's so interesting. I come, this is, you know, her. this.
1: I love when I, from I love finding call.
0: out about people as we speak. Like I'm, I'm now really intrigued to see her and meet her. I know. So basically, this book is Vicky's true story about a young runaway who made her way through the CD photo booths of Soho in the 1970s. Um, she then, like, went into a career as a page three girl and a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. I know it's so interesting, isn't it? I can't, you can't see, see my back. face, but I'm doing an <laughs> <face. I know. laughs> a oh bro- a broken heart left a fluctuating between stardom, drugs, and despair. And when she hit rock bottom, a spiritual experience changed her life. So Vicky says this book is to empower others to feel brave, to share their truth, to release shame, and to honour every single part of them. Um Naked Truth is a raw and fierce book, a book of awakening and healing. Um she says we are. Uh, so often, shamed into silence, afraid to speak out, told to stay small. And this is a book of liberation, of lessons, of insights, of breaking down stigmas and taboos. So, you know, there's never really been a more important time for us to be inspired by a book like this because she has definitely lived we also want to just place a quick trigger
1: warning on this podcast episode as it discusses um rape in quite significant detail remember please we've got our counsellors on the be sober website should you need any further support be now let's
0: talk to our vicky rebecca
2: hold on i'll get my camera in the right place <laughs> <laughs> i love this hello vicky hi, vicky. hi how are you doing Good thank you. How are you? Right, I think I need to put my ears on to hear you. Yeah. It's still plugged in from what I was doing last <laughs> night. Just a
0: sec. I mean, I can hear you. It's, it's just I need to put these on. It's alright, don't worry. Take your time.
2: No, that should be us. How's that?
0: We can, can, you hear, you? Us all can right? you hear us,
2: alright. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, you've just had um, an introduction done, which you won't have heard, but it's basically all about you and your books. And I now, for one, am massively intrigued to hear about you from the beginning.
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you better have heard her introduction. I nicked it all off a website. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> have you already done the
2: introduction and I've missed it?
1: Yeah, we well, always do that. It's not, it's, you've not missed anything. We always do it. So we kind of do a little bit of a chat together and then we introduce the guest and say a little bit about them. And then we sort of say, right, come on. Tell us the gory
0: bits that we don't know about. (laughs) Oh my God, there's lots of gore in this book. (laughs) So where do you want to start, Vicky? Because honestly, there is so much that we're interested in. Like we're massively interested in your career now and kind of what got you there. I'm interested in your first book, I'm interested in your second book. It's just like, honestly, I was like, Alex, I don't know where to start even. So can we kind of like go right back? to the beginning sure tell me what the beginning is well
1: (laughs) let's talk a little bit about your career as a glamour model and how that brought you to where you are now okay so I'm going to go a
2: step from there if that's okay Alec. perfect yeah that's good we've managed to find an inn. that's good <laughs> yeah I know I, I, I'm a little bit confused because I've been narrating my book um, to a close group of friends just to get their initial reaction you know before I actually launch and publicize my book trying to get a feeler what Mm -hmm. comes up for people because the the book is quite confronting and will be triggering. And I just wanted to prepare myself because there's always something that you can't figure out. So I've been going through this with the girls. And one of the questions they were asking me last week was, where did the Vicky Rebecca that we know today, was that when she started? Right. So that's why I was slightly confused as your question, because she'd asked that just after, forgive me, that's my email, I haven't closed it yet. <laughs> um, she'd asked that, um, we'd been reading 2015. And then I said to her, no, it wasn't 2015, maybe it was 2012. And then after that conversation, I started thinking back, and I thought, "When does it begin? When does her story begin?" You know, wonder this question was so hard for us, Vicki. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) no, no, you can't find one. (laughs) Do you know? As you know, I'm I'm a therapist, and so I do see most things through the eyes of a therapist now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. How What happens to you if you've been doing a certain thing for a long time? So I looked back and having had people say to me for so many years, we love it that you're salty, we love it that you're, you know, that you're direct, that you've got a bit of a potty mouth and (laughs) all those things, people find that relatable. And so looking back in the story, I think where it starts in the book And this is where it can be a bit harrowing and triggering. So I was 14 and I was gang raped in the back of a car. Uh, Tempted into that car, young, naive by a boy I fancied. Uh, And then his two mates were waiting.
1: That's horrific. 14? Yeah, 14. Oh gosh, I'm shocked. Yeah,
2: and it it is shocking and there are harrowing pieces like that in the book. So I actually begin the book, I'm on a journey um, to Turkey to meet my girlfriend. This is 2015 and I, I say to her, we were just walking to the pool and I say to her, I was gang raped when I was 14 and her face the shock and horror on her face yeah and you know she welled up and she held my hands and she said she's from Essex she said what the fuck Vicky where were people what did your mum say I do a really crappy Essex I <laughs> no, that was a good one <laughs> and uh, I, I, I just stood staring at her so That The rape happened in 1970. That conversation happened in 2015.
1: Yeah.
2: And for the first time, when I looked at her face, I realised what I should have felt. Oh, my God. What I buried, right? Yeah. There's the trauma, the pain right there. And it took me all... And I was a fully qualified, accredited all the letters after my name. Yeah. Therapist. It doesn't matter. What's hidden to us is hidden to us, yeah. right?
0: Was that the first time that you'd said it out loud, Vicky? No.
2: Actually it wasn't. And that's the that's the thing, Lisa, that is such an interesting question because it's it's her levels of knowing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really is that. Like, it, and it's how connected you are in that moment with what happened. You know, like you've probably said it as a real matter of fact statement
0: in the past, I imagine.
1: Exactly right. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly. I can't right. believe that. It's The more I'm thinking about it, I'm so sorry. I have a delayed reaction to things like this, right? So you, you've just said that and like how your friend. Reacted And like, as you saw, Alex reacted really quickly. And I didn't, I I didn't know what to say. Like I literally had no words. And now a few minutes in as we're talking, it's kind of hitting me what you actually said. (laughs) And now it's making me quite emotional. Do you know why I think it
1: hit me instantly? Because my daughter's 15. And I thought, that's really, it's never okay. Never okay at any age. But that is, I can see the naivety. I can see what would have got you in the car, and then that unfolding. Like, I can't imagine how horrific that must have been for you at the time. Well, it was horrific. But what put me to
2: sleep? Because that's what we're talking about. It's about levels of awareness, levels of awakeness, and knowing and knowing and knowing and knowing and yet, and then really knowing Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all those levels. And one of the girls, her daughter's the same age as yours, Alex. Right. And she, um, uh, she had the same feeling when, you know, she, she just couldn't stop thinking of her daughter when I was reading out that first chapter. Yeah. The rape scene. So, um, but what put me to sleep was afterwards I got to the phone box and I phoned my best pal who was like a year older than me and her brother was a couple of years older than that. He had a car. I said, can you come for me? And um, they came for me and my tights were torn and I, I, you know, I was looking pretty bedraggled. And honestly, this is what happened. She looked me up and down. Uh, am I? Is this an adult only? Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, course. Language, because I'm just going to say what was in the book, and she said to me, "So we're we're Aberdonian. So she said to me, "Fit the fuck have you been doing?" And I said, "His name and them have just gang banged me." And she looked at me again and said, "Ah, well, you're a fucking cow anyway."
0: We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first, let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Vsorba we don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there's absolutely
1: loads and this week we thought we wouldn't even tell you about Be Sober actually we're going to
0: tell you about what we get up to (laughs) it's kind of related so you know what I'm like Alex and everything that I go through in life I like people to go through it with me so with that in mind I've now opened a Facebook support group for perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal women we've now got just over 100 members in it at the moment which is incredible i'm so tough with it i'm running a once a month meet up too in my local village the group the facebook group is for absolutely everybody though it's a super safe space to chat share our stories it's called the menopause b obviously um the, the menopause b support group we've got a facebook page and we're also on instagram as the menopause b too it's a little b
1: <laughs> it's cute. It's pink with a bee. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a cute little bee. And alongside that, I'm PTing. Now I say alongside it because actually, I've been PTing for a while but when Lisa decided to obviously drag she dragged me along kicking and screaming as well so when if she I'm decided, being paramo- perimenopausal you are <laughs> I will be so when when Lisa decided to look at um, her menopause group I actually updated my qualification and did a menopause specialist qualification in PTing so that's what I'm up to so I am personal training anybody with a special focus on midlife women. who want to get and stay strong and reduce some of the injuries and the mental health conditions that can come along with menopause Um, and yeah you can I've got a website actually now can I tell can I tell people on my website yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do go what you want. W podcast. Do what you want. <laughs> do what I want. Absolutely. EmpowerFitness.co.uk, and I'm offering personal training and group training, online PT, face to face PT, and mobile PT. That's quite a lot, isn't it?
0: Yes, smashing
1: it. You know what we're like. We can't do anything by halves. So she said to me, "Fit the fuck have you been doing?"
2: And I said, "His name." And them have just gangbanged banged me, and she looked at me again and said, "Ah well, you're a fucking cow anyway."
1: What? Oh my God! That silence was me and Lisa both staring open mouthed because that is that's awful, and and that was your supposed best friend at that time.
2: So, you know, the book—it's—it's my—it's my, it's my biography. It's my truth. It's my story, yeah. and it's not a safe story. And I've deliberately not pulled any punches. But that right there—and I only realize this now—yeah, post-writing, Aww. that was a sister wound. And it was what shut me up all those years.
1: That moment of your best friend making that judgment and making that horrible comment about you is what shut you down. Yeah. And, and, And that's, you know, all the levels... I've only realised
2: that since Lali, who is my now bestie, yeah. and was once said, what the fuck, Vicky, where were people? And that was, 19, one was 1970, one was 2015. Two different oh. women, two different
1: reactions, a, a different era. Yeah. It's horrendous, like that whole experience for a child. Yeah. It's horrendous. And I I get it. I really get why you would then shut yourself off from that. Yeah. And not be able to be connected to the feelings that were there and to
0: not be able to talk it out again. You technically feel like self-blamed there don't you like you're taking on that responsibility of like oh wow I must be a bit of a cow like and you're telling yourself there right there I deserved it deserved what happened and that has struck with you all that time that is so awful
1: damaging isn't it so I remember thinking yeah I remember thinking am I a cow
2: yeah what makes me a cow? What is the definition of a cow? Yeah. Do <laughs> you know at that you know somebody age,
0: you love, like you love your best friend. Do you know what I mean? Like and you trust you, them. Childhood, you trust them, you love them, you they're supposed to support you and be there and like you know oh it's it's just making me so sad and 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 what's the sad thing about that is that's another
1: child speaking to a child in that way isn't it you know like she will potentially I don't know and I'm sure you don't know but she's potentially traumatized by her response to you now she may have had the same
2: no that's right and that's the thing with trauma it leaves us stuck and frozen and we're scared to speak and I honestly think that speaking is yeah. going to be the biggest doorway to heal trauma. And that's why I thought, well, I'm going to speak. Yeah. So that was the start of the story. So then, you know, I just got into trouble, you know, juvenile delinquent stuff, as they called it back. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I started taking to the road, hitchhiking. And I ended up in a hostel for wayward kids. And at that point, I took a little reality check and realized, I mean, it it was a hostel for young criminals. And I thought, right, (laughs) decision time. So I buckled down and then I, I went on a journey that took me, I went to the Channel Islands, did a season in Guernsey, So the next few chapters in the book, you see my life developing, but I still have this sort of cheeky, rebellious streak that I still have to this day. And you you see, I mature until I end up in London. And from when I arrived in London, I had the idea that I could be a model. And I worked my way through CD, um, Soho, photographic booths, camera clubs. I bought a push bike around all the photographers. And eventually I um, made it. I, I got on page three. I got lots of gigs like that. I started doing Marlon Monroe lookalikes and some This part of my life is really great. There's lots of cheeky background stuff um, as I develop sexually as a woman. There's the saucy bits in there. (laughs) uh, So you don't really see the trauma, but every now and again, me and the same best friend would hit the sherry bottle and I'd go on a downer into a
0: depression, yeah. you know. But mostly life was good. So, I was going to say, when you were talking about that, then and kind of looking back, do how do like you like you've got a nostalgic look about you? It's like, yeah, yeah, it, looks, yeah. it, it does look like you did have some good times then yeah, as was. well.
2: Yeah, and you know, I I was bold and I was cheeky, and um, you know, I've got ADHD, so I'm impulsive, and I I always be up for a dare and yeah kind of thing. So life was really good and discovering London, getting away from Aberdeen. It was so many eye opening things. It was wonderful
1: and so, was your glamour model career in in you know your page three photo was that was that all it was cracked up to be did you enjoy that phase i did and yeah. actually, <laughs> i think
2: i i sometimes get the idea of from the questions that people ask me that people imagine it to be very seedy, Yeah. of the casting couch stuff, like you see on, you know, the Hollywood movies. But I don't think it was so much like that. That was there, but all us girls stuck together. If there was a creeper on the scene, the Jungle Drums would be talking. Yeah, I loved that life, and I grew up in that life, and um, you know if you bear in mind the rape, what people would call it nowadays was I weaponized. Yes. Yeah, reality. you did. Yeah. I loved it. I was the one in power then. Yeah. Yeah. And um it, it was interesting. This was the interesting thing, sharing the story with a group of girls, because they were gobsmacked when it's some of the saucier parts of the story. <laughs> and they were like, and I, I, so I I was worried about, they would judge me in a sort of slut shaming kind of way. Yeah. Um, because that was what had happened when I was younger. But when I got to open up with the yeah. woman now, they called it empowered sexuality. Yeah. I you know love what? That. I
1: get that. I can really get it. Like, you know, you hear a lot of, um, feminist opposition to things like page three and to glamour models. But actually, I've always thought about it the other way and thought, I think that these women are very much in control of what they put out there and it's their body to show and they feel really
0: empowered by that. So I can completely relate to that. You know, I used to dream of being a page three model. Did you? Oh, yeah. When when I was a teenager, honestly, yeah. I've, I don't know where that comes from. I've never really looked, looked into this, <laughs> but, and, and I, but I never got boobs. Like I have such small boobs, right? <laughs> and it really like, and, and in my day when it was like all the page three models, they all had a lot more natural Bust, do you know what I mean? And I didn't, so I thought I could never be one. And I never really wanted a boob job, but it it was one of my things that I used to think I would love to do that job. That's that's. I'm
2: go, I'm just going to look for a bit to read, especially for uh, you, Lisa, because um, honestly, that was for. I didn't have a big bust. And there's, oh, yeah, bit, come
0: on, I, let's find it.
1: I <laughs> had massive boobs, but I didn't want to get them out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually found that often it,
2: girls with bigger boobs were shy about getting them out, actually. Yeah, <laughs>
0: really? Right. Yeah. But uh, I used to work in a pub, and um, actually, it was our pub, and it's really weird because my stepdad, who was the landlord, you, and I think we might have spoke about this, Vicky, but he because we had so much in common when we were talking actually. But he ran a bar in Guernsey.
2: Oh no, I can't remember.
0: Did he? Yeah, many many years ago. Yeah, and I reckon it had been around the same time. You know, looking back, 1974. I was in Guernsey. Yeah, I re- I reckon it could have been around that time. I forgot Absolutely. you was in Guernsey, Lisa. Yeah, but I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. yeah, my stepdaddy ran it. And we was actually going to move back to Guernsey when I was about 11. They'd got, um, a, again, a hotel out there. They'd got the opportunity to run this hotel. And my mum and stepdad sold everything to go. And you know what's really weird? I knew we weren't going even though they'd sold everything, I did not want to go. I didn't want to leave <laughs> school. And everyone was like, you're moving in a week. I was like, I'm not, I won't be going. And it all fell through in the last week. You've always been like that. You, you've so definitely been that, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I weren't going. Sorry. I'm keeping chatting while Vicky's looking. Yeah, for this, I'm, um, I'm nearly there.
2: <laughs> um, Guernsey was beautiful. That was really where I blossomed and working in a hotel. It was great. So I've, Done my seasons in Guernsey, a little season in Jersey. I've ended up in London and I've ended up back with a local hard man from Aberdeen that I'd been going out with um, in between. Yeah. His parents lived in London. So I went from Jersey to London and it was somewhere to stay. But it was a bit of a prison and I needed to escape. So one morning I kind of just. Run away from them and went into bed and breakfast place in uh, Battersea, wow. and I was down at the you know the greasy joe cafes as they were in those days. Big pot of big mug of steaming tea, bacon and eggs and whatever. And uh, I saw this advert in the advert. The oh, London Weekly Advertiser, or whatever, and uh, it said glamour models wanted, and I thought, oh, that's just what I need, because I'd been in a beauty contest in Guernsey, and the tomato farmer next door said you could be a model, Vicky. So, (laughs) tomato farmer, (laughs) I love that. And uh, I, I was so interested. I used to go th- through and speak to him quite a lot because I was really interested in his greenhouse. And it's funny. Years later, when I moved back here, I did have a greenhouse full of tomatoes. <laughs> I'm sure it was him. It gave me the idea. Ah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I've i phoned up this um, advert, and I'll, I'll just read you a a, a bit from the book. Um, So in my 18-year-old brain, I imagined the starry sight of my future. Oh, I'll be posing in lingerie adverts and stuff like that. Maybe an underwear catalogue. Delighted by my fantasy, I snatched some change and a pen and went to the phone box to find out more. Yeah, sniffed the girl who answered the phone. It's like laundry and a little bit of nude. Conscious of my short arse status, (laughs) I asked her how tall one needed to be. Height's not important for glamour work. Brilliant, I thought, and made arrangements to meet her. After hanging up, it hit me. Fuck, if you've got to be. If you've nay got to be tall, maybe you've got to have big tits <laughs> In a blur I rang her back, my hand trembling to grip the phone. How big does your bust have to be? What size are you, boobs, love? Thirty four B. Oh that's fine. Yeah, 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 no problem at all. Get yourself over here, we'll have a look, yeah? <laughs>
1: Just
0: one. <laughs> so you could have I, done it, Lisa. Could have been one. <laughs> oh, Vicky, when is this book out? When? When? When oh, is it coming out? God, I'm suffering from deep procrastination. Well, <laughs> stop it, because we need to be. I want to
1: read this now. Mm. I want to read this.
2: So the books all finished. I had a professional editor work with me. Um, to develop the book, I'm pleased with how it is. It needs a tiny proof re- read. It probably needs a libel read, and the trouble is that all these things are quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. So somehow I've got to get the libel read, and then it really is ready. I'm, I'm working with my PR girl, and since we did the Story Club um we, we're just about there with the PR stuff Brilliant. so it's just a case of planning it and then putting a press re- release out to the local papers and I self-published my last book so I kind there's it, a lot more books now. the last book was 2016. um so I kind of know how to do it but I'm not a full-time author with all the money in the world I'm trying to
0: squeeze this in between working and I want a movie I I want a book and um, honestly I just think you know the way you tell your story as well like it's so awful to like kind of hear the trauma that you've been through but you tell it in such an incredible way like a really what did you say, Alex? Powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's gripping. It's like... It's like... It is.
1: It's like- We know it happened to you. It was real, but it's almost like it could be a drama. You know, yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. What happened next? And you're like, we shouldn't feel like that about. Yeah, I know. I feel really awful asking.
0: Come on, what? Like, you can't tell us something so bad like that, and then we're going right. What's next? Like, happened? happened? Yeah, it's awful. You know what? I do want to ask you. Did you find it difficult? Vicky, going back over everything to write this, yeah,
2: N- not at all. I mean, I was just saw in my face earlier the good moments. Yeah, um, lifted me, and I actually read them all, you know, over and over again, edited the same chapter a million times because, you know, I loved. To read it again and remember yeah. those moments, and especially you know the big love moments of my life, and uh, when I presented it in the story club, I made a Spotify list with music to match, and I was really immersed in the whole things But stuff like the rape scene and there are other really traumatic moments in it, like the when I was in the depth of despair and doing cold turkey that was really awful and it was hard to write hard to edit and then hard to read out yeah uh, yeah
1: you know I wish people could see your face actually because when you tell those people bits that you loved your you shine i know that sounds really corny but when you do you can see the you can see the nostalgia you can see the love you have for that part of your life and then likewise when you tell the painful bits you can see the pain you really it plays out on your physical being thank you it's funny the girls shared that with me alex and
2: what was really incredible those really dark moments um and so the story builds up, and there are actually several turning points during the course of the book. And and for a while, they were, they were saying to me, "When are we came to the happy chapters again, <laughs> yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> because all the time I was a junkie. It was I was like a paradox. So you know, I had this amazing modeling career, and then I was an absolute you know, heroin addicted mess on the other hand. And a lot of them couldn't get their head around that dichotomy. You know, anyone that's had any addictive problems will know that dichotomy because it happens to us all. And the amount of times we try and get off and try and get off before we eventually have that moment. And, uh, when I read the chapter where the big turnaround happened in my life, there wasn't a dry eye, you know, through the square window. And uh, it was interesting, the different things that brought up for every woman in the room. It was all different. Is, everyone was touched by it.
1: Is it too much and too long for us to ask you to summarise that turning point for the listeners? I think I can because I think there was a turning
2: point at chapter six. I don't want to give too many spoilers. And then that paradox went all the way through chapter seven, eight, nine, ten. And and they kept thinking I was getting there because this is a non-addict audience. So they just thought we were always going to arrive at that point. And I was back swinging the other way again. And, and uh, isn't
1: that the way with addiction where you're backwards and forwards yes. and backwards and yeah. forwards?
2: Yeah. And that's how her question came up. When did the real healing start? Mm. That's what her question was. The one who said to me, was it 2015? But it's not. It's the whole journey. Yeah, yeah. It can be the whole journey. And you're not there till you're there. Yeah. There's many steps along that way. And I think trying to define it into one point is difficult because that point will be different for everybody. Yeah. But I do feel that the person on the journey knows when they're one point. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and it happens with alcohol as well, you know, like people, yeah. are, they, we, we have a lot of chatter in our groups about repeat day ones you know, where you're starting your sober journey again. And it's so hard to make somebody who's stuck in that repeat cycle, see that this is part of the journey. This is the turning point. You might end up here again, but you are never back where you were last time because you've learned a bit. You've moved on. You've developed a bit every time. Exactly. And one day it clicks.
2: Beautifully said. Yeah. Beautifully said. Every time it's just all you're you're there it's like you can never unknow you can never unknow that bit at the beginning yeah
0: i think i like what you said as well about kind of people get like they'll be frustrated reading this like you said when they're not addicts i felt like this when i read um michael macy's book alex yeah yeah young offender Michael Macy wrote a book called Young Defender. And honestly, I found it so hard because at the end of every single chapter, I was thinking he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And then he'd be right back. And I was like, No, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? So I think, you know, people will definitely get that same same feel. Yeah,
2: that one of the girls was totally like that. She kept saying, You got all this glamorous life. <laughs> and then you went back to the people. For the trouble, yeah. you know, she couldn't understand the returning and the returning to Aberdeen when I did get clean. Why would I go back there? And that says so much about everybody's trauma story. Yeah. 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 But to address what you said, I think um I th- I think it's too much of a spoiler for me. But yeah, I, I, I went cold turkey, things got really dark, and I had a spiritual moment. And and that happens to a lot. Of that it was, and for me, it was just a voice in my head. You can be reborn.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, give me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, I'm i not a religious person, it was, you know, I'm not a way to launch into a born again story. That's not me. It came out of nowhere at the point that I was on my knees, mm. you know, I was ready to, you know, time for an exit. And that voice came in. I have no idea where it came from. And it actually took years after that, but that was the turning point. Turning point. And I think what they were looking for was, you know, because we, we're we human, but we all look for what's the easy answer? What's the best system? Yeah. You know, every, every every client that comes to me, oh, can you hypnotize me just to never do it again? <laughs> so I would be absolutely Loaded, if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> or, you just. that easily, and the thing in so I really realized after giving it some thought that it the the answer the only answer I can give it it is the discipline. It's to keep going back to you know what, what did you call it,
1: Alex? The day one, yeah, that's a day yeah. one, and yeah. It's to just keep
2: going back there and bringing something else in and something else in. You know, the things that really made huge differences to me was my mother dragged me off to transcendental meditation course and I was thinking oh god what next mother you know and <laughs> it's all these people in sandals and knitted jumpers <laughs> like, Oh, spare me but I just did it something made me just do it and I did it with such a discipline I did it twice a day for five years and in 1987 when I started getting clean I was went on to methadone then and um, there wasn't so much as there is now in the way of help. And um, I uh, just went through that meditation and I was still doing two steps forward, one step back till 1990. And that was the point where I, that was that.
0: Wow.
1: Vicki, I just think you're amazing. Like, you know, like to have gone through this, to be coming out. And it, like I say, it's the expressions, it's the feeling you bring with it. Like, I hope you're going to do an audible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I
2: will. Yeah. I will. Um, I'll uh, definitely do that. So when I was doing the narration on these calls, I did record the Zooms and uh you know, we were talking about who, who would do the voice and everything and they all enjoyed my voice but they said I've got a crap pissing accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's all
0: right. That's, all no, right. But that's part of it. I think it definitely has to be your voice. Yeah, definitely. Is. Can we talk about a little bit then about what what you do now because you're massively helping other people like with anxiety overwhelm all all of these things can can you tell us about that and the work that you're doing sure so um
2: on my web page and stuff you'll see i'm a hypnotherapist i'm a psychotherapist that uses hypnosis a lot (laughs) that's basically what it is so people come and see me i usually have a Big chat with them the first time because often the presenting problem is not the real problem, as you probably realize. People come for this, but really it's that. The thing is not the thing. Yeah, the thing is is never the thing. (laughs) So we go through that and, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll test the water, of course, but I'll, I'll say what I think and how we can go forward with it. And look, you know, people sometimes need to do regression therapy to release stuff from their childhood. Yeah. And like I think I mentioned to you, Lisa, there's someone coming over. This will be the second year she's come to do trauma release so I I invite other therapists in um because I've got a lovely place here I'm so lucky I live in a tiny little Scottish Village all I'm looking at right now is hills and trees and fields it's so relaxing so I've kind of opened my home in a, in a sense a little Airbnb unit so people come and just get moved by the vibe <laughs>
0: Yeah, that makes sense. you get moved by the vibe.
1: <laughs> and if you don't know what we sh- we're talking about here, well, just 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 move on, move past me. Um. <laughs> well, I'll give a concrete,
2: there was a guy that came, he booked into my little Airbnb unit and he said to me, I just needed a break. He'd booked him for two weeks and he was walking past my bedroom window. I, I, I usually have my cup of tea in the morning and sit and do my writing in that moment while I'm sipping my tea Mm -hmm. and I can see people from that unit and I hadn't said hello so I opened my window in my pages and said oh hi welcome is everything all right in your room and he said yeah I don't know what happened I needed a break and your place came up in Airbnb. And then when I read, arrived last night, I see that you're a therapist. <laughs> and I really need to book in. Wow, <laughs> so wow. he, he booked in for a session and it was a big, what you would call it. Um, i probably won't be able to pronounce it now. Existential. is that? Right? Yeah. yeah. It's one of those quest- questions. And we chatted for about an hour and the next morning, he left, and I I wrote to him and I said, "Is everything okay? It looks like you've gone." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was
0: all I needed. Really? And yeah,
2: they went way back home.
0: It's amazing. So, do you do retreats then at your place? Is that kind of people can your come here thing? for
2: personal retreats? Yeah, it's not big enough for me to do huge retreats. So, when Bracaz is here. Next month, uh, some people will stay in the units if they've got a distance to travel. Yep. And people who are local will just drive.
0: Yeah.
2: It's, a lot of people come for their personal r- little retreat to finish their novel or their PhD or, you know, just to get some peace and quiet.
1: Grab a bit yeah, of therapy while them. they're there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And amazing. that's what they
2: do, you yeah, know.
1: Amazing. And you did a workshop for us recently as well, which mm-hmm. went really really well so and do you offer those workshops for other people as well oh gosh yes
2: i i that's um part of my osho journey so um there's places all over the world where you can do Osho retreats and meditations and he he is a teacher that was kind of way beyond his time he was talking about trauma a lot and I, 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 this is back in the 1960s mm. and he was saying we need to release the trauma from our body by movement and dancing, we can't go from our very narrow western brains into um like we, we were sitting in the forest in India because we yeah. don't live that life and he spoke a lot about the armoring of trauma and connecting back with your body mind, so I, I love his work and I, I facilitate many of his um, meditation therapies. And, and that was the taster I did for you guys. I do that a couple of times a year and people can book it privately as well. I, I love all the types of hypnosis because um, I've done that for nearly 30 years now and people find my voice relaxing. It
1: is. It's lovely. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah it is we'll pop your link to your website on the description of the podcast so people can find you but before also, i'll just say
0: it now as well it's because it's a dead easy one to remember oh, it it's vickyrebecca.com so it's vicky with, in, vicky
1: with an i on the end not a y on the end
0: yeah yeah vickyrebecca.com
1: <laughs> so before we finish up we ask everybody this question okay and what our motto is, is be brave, be kind, be sober. And what we ask is, which one do you most relate to right now and why? And we know it's a hard question and you're not allowed to pick all of them. <laughs> brave. Brave. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because that, that that's the feedback I've had through all the things about the book because I really don't, I mean, there's a few shocking bits and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I'm resonating most with that, the bravery.
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to this book and I hope that you get oh, your, I can't wait. Yeah, your libel editing done soon. And let's get it out. Cause I yeah, I'd really love to read it. You've just been so intriguing and such a lovely guest to have on. And honestly can't thank you enough for your time. No, oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for asking
0: me. And thank you. And I know this is, again, a bit corny, but honestly, thank you for being so brave and sharing your story because not only, you know, will it help all the people that read your book, it'll be helping people that are listening. Like you said before, it's about talking about it. And I think you've done such an amazing, you just do it so freaking well. (laughs) Um, Honestly, thank you so much, Vicky. It's just been such a pleasure.
2: You're welcome. Honestly, anytime. Really happy. Really enjoyed it.
0: And we'll let everybody know as soon as you let us know when this book's out. We were, because there will be people like, come on now, get no more procrastinating, get it out there. And we want the rubbish Essex accent on the Audible. We're all yeah. for that.
1: We vote you. Just waiting for someone to say that. Yeah. You. This is the thing, isn't it? It's you. And if that's how it sounds in your head when you do it, it's got to come from you. I do terrible accents, but I still do them. <laughs>
0: Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we all need to be doing. <laughs> yeah, Do it. Oh, thanks, Vicky. Thank you very much. We'll all speak right. to you again soon. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. And don't forget to follow us or subscribe. It helps more than you will ever know. Um, other people get to hear our podcast if you press follow and subscribe. So, yeah, please help us spread the Be So Beloved. And if you want to find out more about the work we do,
1: at Be Sober that is, or you want to join our amazing community here, you can find out more about us on our website, besoberofficial.com. So until next time,
0: be brave, be kind, and and be sober! (laughs)